Well, hey, y'all. My name is Brad Elder, and I suppose after listening to that song, you were expecting a much older guy to stand up here and say something. <clears throat> I'm convinced that Satan didn't want me to say anything tonight. Um, Mark asked me a few weeks ago if, I'd, if I would talk about things that I've learned over the years, maybe something that had to do with wisdom. And, and as, I, as I sat down to to put my thoughts on paper, which I'm not very good at. Um, this song kept popping over and over into my head. And when Mercy Me came out with this song, it was at the same time that we were going through a new teaching here in the church, talking about the freedom in life. And so as I started to write this thing down, and I, I typically have plenty of time in my office and I can shut the door and be quiet, but the last three or four weeks has just been a nightmare. And, uh, and I know that he's not wanting me to put this together. So 
it's, it's come and gone. And then tonight, to be, to be totally honest with you, tonight he knows that this 59-year-old guy, eyes have gone downhill in the last few years, and I can't see without my glasses on, okay? So as we're sitting at the table back there, I swear to, swear to you, my glasses are gone. I put them on my, my chest when I left the house today. My glasses are completely gone. Don't know where they're at. But God knew, that, God knew I had an extra pair in the truck, so he, he didn't make it there. What I want to talk about tonight is going to require me to be a little bit more vulnerable than, I'm, than I typically like to be. I, um, I, I feel it right here. You can ask my wife. Actually, my first, my first wife, Cindy, and you guys probably didn't know this. She is my first wife. She's my only wife, but she is my first wife. <laughs> will tell you that I, I, I can feel it here. It resides here in me. It doesn't come out here or here. It never has. I don't know that it ever will. It's not that I don't feel it. I just, I, I just can't express it. I don't know what it is. It's got to be something to do with my past is what we're going to talk about tonight. So what, what, I, what, what do you want to know about Brad Eldred? Okay, so um, I was born about 20 miles from here, 25 miles from here to a couple of great parents. My dad was an over-the-road truck driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Dad was gone most of the time. Mom had me in church every chance the church was open. We were there. We were there on Sunday. We were there on Sunday night. We were there on Wednesday night. If missionary supper was on Tuesday once a month, we were eating at the church. It didn't make any difference what was going on at the church. We were always there. Not a bad thing. Actually, a good thing. I learned a lot about, about that God loves me. I learned that Jesus paid for my sins. I, I learned all that stuff. But I never developed that relationship. I was never talked about the relationship that I could have with, with Jesus personally. So to me, it, it became a, a, a ton of rules. You know, this is the things that you do to, to uh, you know, inherit the kingdom, you know, to live forever in, in God's heaven one day or the things that you don't do. So it was a bunch of rules to me. I wanted to say something also about my fellow intergens here. If you're new here tonight, um, or even if you're not, I wanted to just throw another shout out to these guys. Why, as you walk in here, you might say, why are, these, why are there old people scattered around this room? And I'll tell you, it's because some of the things that we went, to, went, some of the things that we went through, you may not have gone through yet, but, but the real reason is we love to hang out with you guys because of your energy and you know just your spontaneity and all the fun that we have here and I know all these intergens personally and the interns and stuff and they have went through everything that they've went through things you haven't gone through yet and they've they've failed they've succeeded and they're and they're willing to show you their scars they're going to be there for you I promise you that they'll be in your corner if you need to talk to somebody that's that's what they're here for just to do life with you so that being said let's jump in here can you pray with me please father god it's an honor to represent you in this place tonight and i praise that and i pray that you would uh, just hide me behind the cross that nothing would come out of my mouth that you don't want to be said lord give me clarity um, and help me to make make sense of what 
direction that I'm going tonight. And I just pray that Jesus would be uplifted, Satan would be stomped on, God, and we could leave here tonight feeling great about ourselves. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. What I like about the song, I want to read you some of these words one more time. Dear younger Brad, where do I start? If I could tell you everything that I have learned so far, then you could, you could be one step ahead of all the painful memories that are still running through your head. And again, I said, I'm going to be a little bit, a little bit vulnerable with you to make any sense out of this tonight. So I'm going clear back to my childhood. I, I know what it's like to be bullied. I started wearing glasses when I was in the second, when I was two and a half years old, actually, I started wearing glasses and I've worn them all my life. Um, I, I know about abuse. Um, I, know, I know about being picked on. I know about all that kind of stuff. Um, when I was, uh, I it, my dad was an over the road truck driver and uh, at 16 years, when I was 16 years of age, my dad was saved and gave his life to Christ. He'd never done it before. And he gave his life to Christ so hard that he decided that he was going to move the family to another state and become a pastor, go to, go to school and, and be, go into the ministry. So after my freshman year, we jumped into another high school in another state. And the following year, we moved into another high school in another state. So I spent three, year, three and a half years in three different high schools. And you may say, why, why three and a half years? <laughs> because I hated school so much that I couldn't wait to get out of there. Not that I, I, I just didn't like school. Not that I couldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it, okay? I just, I just didn't like it at all. And so I, I took all the hard classes that I could take. I squeezed by with a D, got, got my all the credits that I needed to graduate early and I was gone. So a couple things happen when you're the new kid in three different high schools. Of course, obviously, somebody's gonna challenge you. You're gonna get picked on, right? Uh, and I wasn't one who liked to be picked on. Uh, and so I decided right off the get-go, I went in with a chip on my shoulder and stood up for myself. So, and I hated bullies. Because I'd been bullied, I hated bullies. And I'm looking back at this now, 59 years later, I'm looking back at this now and I've got so much remorse because I became the guy that was the anti-bully. If somebody was being bullied, then I went in and took care of the bullying. But you, do you know what happens? Do you know what they call a guy who bullies bullies? They call him a bully. So I became the very thing that I hated. You know what I mean? And I've lived with that. I can still see the faces of the guys that bullied me, and I can still see the faces of the guys that I bullied. And there's not a day goes by that I don't regret that. So my upbringing was, I don't know, that was just a part of me. I'm just throwing out who I am so I can tell you where, I, where, I, where we're going. Dear younger me, I can't decide to give some speech about the most part of my life or do I go deep and try to change the choices that I've made because they're the choices that made me? 
Even though I love this crazy life, sometimes I wish it was a smoother ride. Dear younger me. I'm jumping into my adulthood now, and Cindy and I have been married for 37 years. Um, some, of the, some of the hard times that we've had, okay? I was a really rebellious kid because of moving around from things to things. I got into things I should have never got into. Um, you know, I, I got into alcohol, I got into controlled substances that aren't controlled anymore. Um, you know, lots of things just plagued me as I was growing up and I, and, and I, wor I worked way too hard. So some of the things that if I put my glasses on, I could actually tell you what they were. Some of the things that, that, that I struggle with, um, when I, was, uh, when I was 21 years old, 20 years old, no, 21 years old, no, 20 years old, just before Cindy and I got married, um, I, I, I helped my friends in the, in the dive team pull my drowned friend out of the river because we were uh, partying under a bridge we shouldn't have been partied under. And that's not the part that bothered me so much as I get older and think back on it, the part that bothered me so much is I never, and I knew better, but I never told Jesse about Jesus. I, I just never did. It was, I wasn't in that place in my life. I'll have to answer for that someday. Uh, that's a regret that I have. Um, my aunt, my wife's very best friend in this world, lost a battle to cancer at the age of 49. I think Cindy was 30 at the time. I was probably 35. Uh, that'll take the wind out of your sails. Many of you maybe even would know that. Um, being told that the only chance you're ever going to have to have a child in your life is through adoption. That might not seem like a lot to you, but when you're 27 years old, it is a lot to you. It's a, it was a lot to me. I think it's the only time, it may have been the only time that I can remember actually breaking down and crying. I, I honestly think that was it. Um, when I was 43, 16 years ago, two weeks ago, 16 years ago, two weeks ago, my best friend in this world and my mentor was killed accidentally in a hunting accident. And when you get a call in the middle of the night that says, um, Denny's been shot and you get to the scene and the paramedic doesn't know who you are and I say where is he where's who where's the guy who was shot oh he didn't make it he's over there um, I got to be honest with you I've spent 16 years trying to get over that one um, and I failed miserably uh, for many of those years it's only been recently in the last couple of years that I really can face, I, I really have let that go. I'll never let it go, but I've really been able to face it uh, and keep moving on. So that, those are just some of the things in my life that I look back and I say, what in the world is going on, God? You know, the song goes on to say, dear younger me, if I knew then what I know now, condemnation would have had no power. My joy or pain would have never been my worth. Truth. If I know then what I know now, 
It would have not been hard to figure out what I'd have changed if I'd have heard, dear younger me, it's not your fault. You were never meant to carry this beyond the cross. And so I decided tonight to talk about, as, as I thought about it, the two most important words that I could come up with when Mark asked me to talk about wisdom. I don't believe it, it, it would be these two words. Because we're not conditioned this way. It would be these two words. The most important two words in my life, I would say today at 59 and a half years old, is mercy, a forgiving treatment of someone who could be treated harshly. That's me. I've done some things that I should be treated harshly for. Or mercy is called a blessing that is an act of God's favor and grace, undeserved divine assistance from God for humans for their regeneration or sanctification. To clear that up, it's regeneration, undeserved divine assistance for humans from, for the regeneration or forgiveness from God. Or it's the love that God shows to the unlovely. I've been there. The peace that God's given to the restless. I'm there a lot. The unmerited favor of God, God's favor towards the unworthy. That's me. That's me. I believe that's all of us. No one is worthy. The Bible says no one is worthy, not one of us, except for grace. You see, we have an enemy that wants to keep us trapped in all that crap that we're, we've walked through. It started in the, in the very beginning. When Satan got Adam and Eve to eat from the fruit of the tree, and we all know the story, nothing would ever be the same again. You know, we went from a beautiful garden to a garden full of weeds. There was sickness and there would be pain. There's fear, there's sadness, there's doubt, there's anxiety, there's panic, there's worry, there's stress, there's distrust, loss, brokenness, death. It's all there. We're born into this broken world and when we fail, and we will, all of these things enter into our lives. I'm sure that you've experienced some of the things on that list. I believe I probably experienced most of them. When that happens, guilt enters in. And we are guilty. And behind, right behind the guilt comes the shame. I believe those are Satan's two favorite words, guilt and shame. Mine's mercy and grace. His is guilt and shame. He will use any means necessary to get us to turn away from God. He'll use all the things I just listed. The pain, the fear, the sadness, the doubt, the anxiety, panic, disillusionment, worry, stress. The list goes on and on, and I'm sure you can even name some yourselves. Any other, any other hurting thing he can conjure up to turn us away from God, especially guilt and shame, the more chaos he can cause, the better he can distract you, the better he likes it. What he doesn't want you to know, what he doesn't want you to have time for, what he doesn't want you to see, what he doesn't want you to believe is that God is really in control. If he can get you to question that, 
then he's winning. He's succeeding. If he can keep you wallowing in your failures and your mistakes, he has you right where he wants you. And I've been there. Here's the simple truth. Jesus already defeated that. And Satan knows it. He knows the Bible backwards and forwards. He knows it better than we know it. He knows that his days are numbered. He just doesn't want you to know it. On the cross, God allowed his only son, Jesus Christ, to give his life as a payment for our sins. Jesus willingly took our sins, every one of them, and paid for them on the cross. Sins we've committed, sins we're going to commit tomorrow and the next day, paid for, forgiven, wiped away. Satan says guilty. Jesus says covered with mercy. Satan says, you should be ashamed of yourself. God says, I'm going to pour out my grace over top of that. Don't worry about it. So in God's mercy, God does not give us the punishment that we deserved. And in God's grace, he gives us the gift that we don't deserve. The Bible calls it life and life everlasting. Listen again. Life and life everlasting. I want you to notice when you read it in the Bible the next time as you're reading the Bible when you come to these, this verse and it says it over and over and over again and it took me forever to figure it out it says life and life everlasting two separate things let me explain to you what I mean you see I believe and what I want you to know is that God has promised us life and he has promised us life everlasting eternal life, everlasting life one day there will be no more pain. There'll be no more fear. There'll be no more doubt, no more anxiety, no more panic, no more disillusionment, no more worry, no more stress, none of that crap, no more bullying, none of that stuff. Satan will be, himself will be destroyed and cast into the lake of fire and will never exist again. When Jesus returns one day, and he will, all will be set back to the perfect world that it started out when God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. God himself once again will dwell with us. We all long for that day. We all long for that and look forward to that and live our lives for that. And I think the only disservice that sometimes we do is we skip over the very first word, life. Life here and now. Life today. Life tomorrow. Life every day until either we die, which we all will, or Jesus returns to save us from that. But part of living is dying. The Bible didn't ever say that Jesus someday will pay for our sins. It says that he did pay for our sins. He paid off our debt, not some of it. He paid off all of it. In our sins, if our sins have already been paid for, and I'm talking to Brad here, and Satan has no power over us anymore, why do we still let him manipulate us sometimes with the guilt and shame that he throws upon us? Why do we do it? And I'm as bad at it as anybody, but I'm learning. I'm learning. After 59 years, I'm learning. And that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. In the life here and now that I'm talking about, through the blood of Jesus, we have a choice how we react to everything that's thrown at us. 
in the life that we live in here and now through the blood of Jesus, we're no longer trapped in our sins. We simply refuse to go back to where we were. Instead, we give God praise for his mercy and his grace. In this life here and now that I'm talking about, through the blood of Jesus, we have the power. We have ability to act. We have ability to do. We have ability to accomplish things that he has set for us to accomplish. In this life here and now that I'm talking about, through the blood of Jesus, we have hope. We can expect with confidence what God says is true. In this life that we're living in here and now that I'm talking about, when God says it, it's a fact. Through the blood of Jesus, we can have joy. We can take great delight. Delight caused by things that are good. In this life that I'm talking about here and now, through the blood of Jesus, we have been set free. We have freedom. We can drop the guilt and shame. Stop dragging it around, Brad. Leave it right where it belongs, at the foot of the cross. I want us to leave here. I want us to live life now as the freed people that God has made us to be because we are free. Again, we're living. Yes, we are living for what God has promised us in the future, life everlasting. And we, and, and we can go after that with confidence. So how do we do that? How do we get better at that? I've listed three or four ways that I, I think that we can get better than that. And it's come from some teaching that I've listened to lately. Uh, a gal who talks about some of the, some of the ways uh, that we can do that. Things that I know are true. Number one, Satan is a liar. Truth. Satan is a liar. Whatever it is hurt, whatever is hurting you or causing pain. Number two, call it out. Name it. Give it to God. Let the weight of it fall off. Let the change of whatever it is holding you back, holding you down, keeping you from being all that you can be, let them fall. Now, I'm not downplaying pain or anxiety or panic or any of that, any of that stuff here. It, it, it's, it exists and it hurts. It hurts. I've struggled with panic myself. Um, I'm, I'm, sometimes, you just, sometimes you need counseling. Sometimes you need medication. If it's a physical ailment, sometimes that's what causes it. There's no shame in getting help for that type of thing. But call it for what it is and ask God to take care of it. He will. Believe that God will take care of it. Accept that he's going to take care of it and run with it. Run with it and trust him and practice. 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 It's not easy to do. When you get knocked down, get back up and practice. 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 The more that you do it, the easier it'll get. The more that God comes through for you and, you and you realize that you can lean on him, you'll lean on him in the next bigger thing. Before you know it, you and God are like simpatico. You guys are, you don't have to worry about it. You just take it to God. Stay in his word. That's where we find all of our tools. All of our strength comes from there. Have others in your life who you can be transparent with and who can be transparent with you. Be there for one another. Get in a small group and be real. Let others pray with you and pray for you. Sounds easy, right? Not so much. You see, if I were, 
one thing I can't do tonight is I, one thing I won't do tonight because I have certain people in my life. I'm blessed to have certain people in my life that I can do this with. But this lady talked about the last 2%. The last 2% of what? The last 2% of the garbage that's holding you back. The things that you don't want to come out with and say out loud to anybody. The thing in your mind when you say, if I tell Bob the worst thing about me, I'll never see Bob again. If I come out and say what it is I'm struggling with in this particular instance, I'll be shunned. Nobody's going nobody's to hang out with me. As long as you hold on to that last 2%, you're stuck right where he wants you. Satan's got you right where he wants you. I think you'll be surprised. So how do you get rid of the last 2%? Let's go back to the top of the list. Call it out. Name it. Give it to God. Let the weight of it fall off. Believe it, accept it, and run with it. Practice, practice, practice. God says he'll take care of it. Claim it when life gets hard. His promises are true. He's never said anything in that book or promised anything in his word that isn't true and he hasn't followed through on. Expect him to take care of it, and he will. Stay in the word. Again, all your tools and strength are found in there. And I can't emphasize the last two enough. Have somebody in your life that you can share the last 2% with that will laugh with you, they will cry with you, they will be there for you no matter what that is, but it's gonna cost you. You have to be there the same way for somebody else when they need you. It comes with a price. Get in a small group. Let others pray with you and for you. You have to be vulnerable, people. You have to be vulnerable. Cindy and I talk quite often, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago about <clears throat> what I wanted to talk about tonight. And she said, you know, as we get older and we look back on our lives and the lives of all the others that we've been blessed to share with, we can see that everyone's carrying something. Everyone's got baggage of something. And we've been blessed. When we were newly married in our early 20s, we were, we were blessed to be in a young marriage group. We were also blessed to be in a mixed marriage group where we had people that, that were in their 30s and 40s and we had even had a couple of people in their 60s and 70s. <clears throat> What's that do for you? We were able to say, we're coming up against this. Have you ever had that happen? And you're able to say, yeah, as a matter of fact, that generally happens here and there and this is what we would do to to remedy that situation. But hey, let's pray about it. You know, how bad is it? Well, it's bad. Okay, well, how bad? Be real. Everybody, because of what our world tells us, we're trying to be somebody that we're not. We are trying to be who everybody thinks that we should be instead of what God says that we should be. The world is bombarding us every day with, you need to do this, you need to look like that, you need to drive this, you need to wear that. 
Jesus said, don't worry about the world. In fact, in uh, John 16, 13, Jesus says, don't worry about that. I've already overcome the world. I'm a simple thinker, okay? So I'm going, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go down a rat hole that I typically wouldn't go down. This is one thing, dear younger me. If I'd have known that I could have bought two semi-loads of pants with holes in them, I'd be a millionaire today, right? Yep, 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 I would be. So, okay, I'm a simple thinker, right? I, I didn't mean to get that deep, but I thought we had to. Romans 5, 18 through 21. And I like the way this is written in the message. I can relate to this because there's no these and thous in it, okay? Well, that is not it. Okay, skip that. Skip that. Um, Let me read it to you. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person did right and got us out of it. Talking about Adam and Jesus. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. Another man said yes to God and put many people in the right. All that passing laws against sin did was to bruise more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When sin, when it's sin versus grace, Grace wins hands down because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah. Jesus invites us into life, a life now and one that goes on and on, a world without end. Did you hear that? Did you see that? See where it said it again? Jesus invites us into life and a life now. I'm sorry. Invites us into life, a life now and one that goes on and on and on, a world without end. We don't have to wait till the end, folks, to have life and have it abundantly. Romans 6, 12 through 14. I'm wondering, Wika, if this is going to be as crazy looking as that last one. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Skip that one, too. Do not give sin a vote in any way that you conduct your lives. Don't give sin the time of day. Don't let it run little errands connected to the old way of life. Sin can't tell you how to live. You're not living that old way any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. You're living in the freedom of God. Don't let your mistakes ruin or run your life because you have, you have freedom. Through his mercy and his grace, you have freedom. You have the freedom of hope. You have the freedom of joy. You have power, the freedom of power. You can do anything that you set your mind to in God's will. His power is at your disposal. If he's in your heart and he's in your life, you have his spirit. He promises that. So live in the freedom that was paid for by the blood of Jesus and do not let the guilt and shame rule or run your life, both today or for eternity. Accept his mercy and live in his grace. Again, Satan says guilt. Jesus says covered with mercy. 
Satan says, you should be ashamed of yourself. God says, not under my watch of grace. Life is going to throw hard things at us. That's the fact. We don't have to be crushed by them. We have Jesus and his mercy and his grace. Dear younger me, it's not your fault. You were never meant to carry this beyond the cross. Every mountain, every valley, Every mountain, every valley, every trouble you'll see moves and brings you closer to what you were meant to be. Dear younger me, if the band would come up. You are holy, it says. You are righteous. You are one of the redeemed, set apart, a brand new heart. You are free indeed. You are holy. You are righteous. You are one of the redeemed. Set apart a brand new heart. You are free indeed. My challenge is to you tonight to dig into mercy and grace. Know that you have been, have been freed today from all the stuff that Satan's trying to do to keep you down. Take him up on it. The Bible is full of promises from God and as the band kicks up the music here, I'm going to read just a few to you before we close in the in what they're, what they're doing. If you just stand, we're going to read these together and then we're going to finish. Just a shout out, if there's anything in your life going on tonight that you wanted to talk to somebody about, the intergens will be scattered across the room. Mark and Holly are here. The interns are here. If there's anything that you'd like to, to pray about, accept the mercy and grace that's freely given tonight. Be looking for them afterwards. The Lord himself goes before you and he will not leave you. That's a promise. The Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in him. That's a promise. Come to me, all you are, are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My grace, hear that? My grace is sufficient for all your needs. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you hope and a future. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. By his wounds we are healed. The Lord will fight for you. You just have to be still. He gives strength to the weary and power to the weak. Do not fear, he says, I will help you. No weapon formed against you will prevail. God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your pathway straight. And if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen? Amen. Thank you for being a part of our community opening the word today. 
We here at Unite challenge you to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with others, and to go out and live a Christ-centered life. To learn more about Unite, follow our social media pages or go to our website at mpcc.org unite. God bless. Mm-hmm.